host of the Life After Life podcast. I want to invite you to become a patron of the podcast. For just five euro per month, you will get ad-free content, video episodes, exclusive events and discounts throughout the year as a thank you for your support. Check out the link to my Patreon page in the description box attached or go to Patreon and search for Life After Life with Sandy Bird. Hey, 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 guys, and welcome to another episode of Life After Life with me, Sandy Byrne. And today I am so delighted to have um, Michelle Kennedy with me today. Michelle is all the way from, well, she's not, she's originally from New York, but she's living in Woodstock, and we've all heard of Woodstock, okay, for the concerts, but it's in the Catskills, um, which I think is just North um, New York State, isn't it, Michelle, basically? Yeah, so she's nodding at me, for those of you who are listening on audio. So, um, Michelle, is she's an author, and guys, I read her bio, and, you know, you, it's just so cute, because she's been writing books since she was eight years old, you know, and she's always meant to be an author, and she has published a book, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, but more importantly to us today, she's a Reiki master, she does Akashic Records, she reads them for you, she's also a meditation and mindfulness facilitator and a prenatal and children's yoga specialist and I did so many years of yoga in my younger days so Michelle welcome to the life after life podcast and thank you for coming and giving us your time Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here on your podcast. Oh, no, it's an absolute pleasure. And, you know, before we started recording, guys, Michelle and I were having a conversation. And, of course, I always ask people, because Kennedy is such an Irish name, you know, do you have Irish ancestry? And she does. She's um, more than 50% Irish, and the rest is Italian. So a lot of um, heritage there. Anyway, so look, the main reason why I wanted to talk to Michelle today, there's lots of reasons and I could probably talk to you all day, but what I wanted to really delve into today, if it's okay with you, Michelle, is the whole Reiki healing, okay? Now, I see that you're a Reiki master and we'll get into that, but I have heard you talk about Reiki in the past and I loved listening to it. And this is going to sound really strange to you, okay, as an American, because I have heard Americans use this term before, and you use it a lot, is holding space or asking somebody to hold space. And it's not a term that we use here in Ireland, or I'm, I believe in the UK. I never heard it when I was living in the UK or Germany, for that matter. So I'm just wondering, could you explain to us what you mean when you say holding space in the States? Yes, and I'm so glad you asked because I feel it's so important that um, I feel like it drops the ego that many people who are energy healers have ego kind of at the forefront. Not many, but there are some, and usually those are the ones who get the most kind of publicity. Um, that Reiki, the practice of Reiki, just like being a doctor or a therapist, that person is not the healer of you. 
they are holding space for your healing. Their wisdom and knowledge comes forward and gives you the tools to help you heal yourself by taking your medication, by doing your work on yourself. And the same thing with Reiki, that uh, I, as a practitioner or as a Reiki master, I'm holding space for your healing, channeling the energy through me, allowing it to go into your body, mind, and soul, and find the places within you that are out of balance, out of alignment with your true nature, and it's up to you, your self-conscious and your conscious mind to allow the healing to take place. So I can't make you heal. I have had people come to me and say, I have a cancer diagnosis and I, I want to come to you. I don't want to do treatment and I won't help somebody like that because you're putting your healing in my hands and I can't do that. I can't heal you. You have to take it into your own hands so I can hold that space for your greatest good and that also creates the opportunity for the most healing. So when the Reiki comes in and, and creates more balance in the body, mind, and soul, suddenly you feel better about yourself, more relaxed, less stress, and then other aspects of your life start to shift into health. Okay. Okay. So there's a lot to break down there, and we'll delve into it a little bit more. So... Um, so I'm getting from what you're telling me that holding space is really, it's just like um, maybe a practitioner or almost maybe like a life coach. And in general terms, not just related to Reiki, because this is something that I hear all the time. And I've been trying to get my head around it. You know, what, when they say they'll hold space for me, what does that mean? Is, does it mean they're going to pray for me or, you know, so it really is just a bit like, you know, a safe space, if you like, you know, where yes, you can talk to exactly. them. Okay, perfect. Okay. But also prayer can be that too. So oh, okay. when someone says, give prayers, right? Uh, send mm -hmm. me your good vibes for the interview. You are taking that conscious time and space to hold for that person and think good things for them, send good wishes to them. So it's a very broad definition of holding space. It's really putting attention into something, time and attention into something or someone. Ah, now I get it. So I always imagined that it was holding somebody else's space, but it's holding your own space for somebody. So I'm a chunk of my time that I'm dedicating to them. That's what holding space is. Finally, I get it. Thank you so much. <laughs> you don't know how long I've been thinking, what exactly does that mean? Now I get it. Thank you. So we talked about the healing space, or you mentioned it, I should say, the healing space, okay? So um, with Reiki, I don't know much about it, okay? I'm not a Reiki practitioner or anything like this. But I do suggest to some people that they might look into having Reiki healing when their chakras are blocked, okay? But is that the only reason why somebody would use Reiki? Um, no. But it's a, okay. it is a big part of it because if your chakras are blocked, it's definitely an energetic aspect of yourself that's, that's having a problem. But Reiki has, is coming up in, I would say, like, what's the word that I'm looking for? Not popularity, but it's getting noticed by yeah. people in the more traditional senses of healing because they've done studies on cancer patients and it's it's available in so many hospitals that treat cancer because they don't know the doctors don't know how it works or why it works or what it does but they know that their their patients are feeling better have a better outlook on life and on the process and many of them are healing faster 
Um, so it is, um, that's one thing. Pain treatment has been studied with Reiki that blind studies they have done that it has helped people manage pain. And then the other part of it that is still being studied in the earlier stages, but great results is people with trauma, PTSD, and that it has been very helpful to people with trauma to cope to the anxiety levels that rise up and being, um, being more in the moment because of having the tools of Reiki. And I think it works best when people um, either do it regularly with a practitioner or they learn it for themselves so they can do it with and on themselves very regularly. Well, that's interesting. So a Reiki practitioner can actually do some healing on themselves. Yes, that is... Um, it's kind of one of the precursors, the level one training and attunement is about self-care. So that wow. the healer heal thyself kind of attitude that if you're not working on yourself and, and keeping yourself in alignment, then how can you hold space for someone else's healing? Yeah, yeah, totally. And, you know, I wish I'd known that because I was diagnosed with PTSD a few years back and, you know, I have had all the anxiety and everything that goes with it. And all that people kept telling me was CBT, CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy for people who don't know. But um, I didn't find that for me personally, I found that counterproductive in that, you know, it's like I read a self-help book years ago and I found that after reading this self-help book, I was diagnosing myself with all kinds of things that I didn't have, you know, and I remember I was on the train to Dublin reading this book. And I literally stood up, walked to the end of the carriage and just threw the book in the bin, you know, and everyone just laughed <laughs> because I just I was actually getting more anxious the more that I was reading this book. Um, so I wish I'd known that years ago because like that's great because so many people these days suffer, not necessarily with PTSD, although, yes, it's there, but anxiety, depression. And to know that there's an alternative is amazing. OK, so guys, if you're listening, chalk that down, OK, because that's something people might need in the future. The other question that I have for you with regards to Reiki is who does the healing? OK, and I'm not being smart with that. OK, and, you know, you've already acknowledged that, you know, the, the practitioner or the master holds the space. So say, for example, I do um, trans healing. OK, so but it's my spirit guide called Francois who does the healing when I do that. OK. And I've also years ago did a course on Rahani healing, which was done by the angels. OK, so when you're healing, you know, you do Reiki, who does the healing? Where does it come from? Amazing question. And I love what you do as well. I want to acknowledge that. Thank you. I think energy healing, they, they overlap in so many ways. Yeah. The do. tradition of Reiki energy healing is that the reiki energy is universal life force so it is energy from the universe that comes through now for me and the work that i do i often have spirit guides and uh, ascended masters and so on that come through and assist in the healing yes. but overall it is the energy that is doing the healing yeah it's all and about I feel energy guides, like guide what needs to happen or they'll tell me things of like here's where she needs it and and so on so I get I get a lot of messages and channel things as well but the energy is what's doing the healing 
That's amazing. And I love that you mentioned it being about energy, you know, because, you know, when you're coming for healing, and I hope you'll agree with this, tell me if, if you don't, when someone's coming for healing, you know, I don't do it so much anymore. I did it a lot in the past, but I haven't done it in a long time. But I would always say to them, like, you know, do you want it? Are you buying into this process? Are you going to work on healing yourself? Because it's not a magic trick. We don't have a magic wand that we can wave and say, okay, you're fine now, off you go. You know, you have to buy into the process and do the follow-up work as well. Is Reiki the same? Exactly the same. Mm -hmm. I've told clients that, ask them, they have to want it. Yeah. I always talk to clients before we start every single session, what's going on? Because the more they open up, the more open they are to the healing, right? That they're ready. They tell me what they're ready to let go of and release. And I have, I have very few, but I have had clients that I had to stop working with because they actively resisted doing the work, the follow-up work, and they would come back to me um, and be at the same zero point that we started, whether it was two weeks later, two months later, two years later. And it's like, we can't, keep doing this that you have to take action in your own life yeah. you know i can't be the only one holding space you have to hold you space have to hold space for yourself a hundred percent oh my god you know i love that and you know and it's not let's be fair to people because it's not necessarily that they don't want it i get it they're coming for healing and of course they want it but people have to be mindful that we're not magicians you know and you know and i always say this as well and i'm sure you do say this to clients as well you know we're it's complimentary i would never say to somebody stop attending your doctor or your consultant or whatever it might be that's why the term complementary medicine is used even though a lot of doctors are you know they're totally in sync with it but it would still be complimentary and you would never undermine what a qualified doctor has said to somebody. You know, that's very important. 100%. Yeah. 100%, but energy yeah. is the, the clear word here, you know. Um, the other thing that I was going to ask you now, and um, I'm not being cheeky asking you because I know that healing can be done online. Personally, I don't have the confidence to heal online and that's the difference. But can Reiki be done online? 100%. And yeah. If I was not the person that has this thing about over 100%, but yeah. um, I was going to say like 150% because over prior to the, the shutdown that we all yeah. had this great pause, I had many clients all over the country and some that moved out of, you know, out of the country and had regular uh, appointments with them remotely. And that is the level two training of Reiki of, learning how to do that and use symbols to help you connect to their energy. During the great pause, it was like, I am already prepared to do this, but I had no idea how expansive the energy would be doing it exclusively online and remotely. Um, you know, I used to need a photograph and look at it regularly during a remote session back in the day when I did mostly in person. Once the, the, remotes were exclusively what I was doing I did not need that I had the picture I would glance at it and then it would be like boom you're right in front of me and working on the body in space and when I say mm -hmm. in space like whatever room I'm working in I close my eyes and suddenly we are we are transported mm -hmm. to be someplace together in time and space yeah. to work on you 
and it's a beautiful thing. It really has expanded so much for at least me, but I think a lot of Reiki masters and practitioners have had this experience. Absolutely. But I love spirit because spirit will go with technology. You know, yes. they are watching us, you know, and they do see the world moving on. I don't care if they lived in the 16th century. They love the Internet. <laughs> they love that we have this ability. They love that we can see different cultures and different people, you know, and they're going to embrace that. You know, so like there's no reason and a lot of you will read a lot of negativity. Oh, it's not as good online or the energy isn't there. Rubbish. OK, it's 100 percent there. The only difference is and I'll say it again, is that I'm not confident enough to do healing online. But that's my problem, not spirit's problem, you know, right. so definitely. So it doesn't matter where you are in the world. You know, if you want healing, you can contact Michelle anytime. Now, the other thing that I was going to ask you, if you're able to explain it to us, what is the difference between a practitioner and a master? Great question. Reiki master, you go through all three levels of Reiki training. Um, some teachers break it down to four to get the master attunement, but um, it's at least three. And practitioners, you can practice on someone at level one or level two uh, training. And I encourage all my students to practice on themselves regularly in le after level one and then level two to practice on themselves and other people. Never give up practicing on yourself because we always need healing. I think healing is a lifelong journey. Yeah. Um, so yes, Reiki master means that you have had those final attunements of the Reiki tradition. And you can also teach, not every Reiki master chooses to teach, but it is having that more extended um, kind of training and practice. Excellent. Okay. Now, if I were to go for healing, if I wanted Reiki healing, does it matter if I choose a practitioner or a master? It does not. What I tell everyone, and I usually start with whether you pick me or someone else, talk to them on the phone or email or text make sure you feel that you you are good with their vibe like your vibrations match yeah and also the most important question to ask what it does their self-practice look like because if they don't practice reiki on themselves do not go because they their energy is ungrounded and it's kind of like electricity right you may get a mm -hmm. shock from the outlet if it's not grounded and i'm not saying that they are going to necessarily give you their energy but if they are not grounded and clear they're not a clear channel and you're not going to get the best experience and i have had many clients come to me after working with someone who didn't work on themselves and it took multiple sessions to clear them because they were so chaotic in their energy yeah. because that person who was working on them was chaotic in theirs and I mean no disrespect to any practitioners, but I think it gets that thing where, you know, sometimes we forget we have to take care of ourselves first, put that oxygen mask on first. And speaking yeah. of that, I just want to circle back real quick to the sure. people that I've worked with that I have had to stop working with. Karmically, sometimes we are not ready for a specific level of healing. And so that's why we have to sometimes take a pause. I respect everybody's journey. And sometimes karmically, we have to hold on to illness. So we have to hold on to pain because we have to work through it in divine time. 
Yeah. And, you know, I think you've said a lot there and people need to really take this in because I say this all the time, too. And I'm so glad to hear somebody else say this because I think people people feel I'm pushing them away. I say, you know, before I don't care. I'm a psychic medium. I don't care if you've looked at all my videos and then come to me and say, I didn't feel that you were the right reader for me. I think that's brilliant because I think that, you know, you should look at somebody's social media. You should look at somebody's website. You should look at somebody's YouTube. And if you do not feel a connection with them or you do not feel like this is the kind of person that you would, you know, like, then what's the point? Because your energy is going to stay closed for the duration of your session. So go to somebody that you feel a connection with. This is so important across anything holistic. This is so important. Um, and I, I would go to you for Reiki because I, I definitely feel that connection. And, you know, I think I'm a lot clearer on Reiki now um, because, you know, as I said to you in the, you know, in the past, I felt that it's just for chakra clearing. And can I ask you something, too, because I, I say this to people all the time because it was said to me that, you know, if we want to keep our chakras clear, like we can go for healing and, and, and whatnot. But also, like in between, we can go swimming in salt water, whether it's an ocean or a saltwater lake. We can put salt water in our bath. You know, we can obviously have showers regularly, which we should do anyway. But is this something that you would tell people to do maybe between sessions or, you know, after sessions? Yes. Um, all of the things that I have learned along the way of practices of self-care beyond Reiki, I always offer, but also divinely guided messages of like, you need to go and be with the trees and the forest and go, you know, if we talk about computers, trees have a whole network, a silent network uh, in their root system of which are basically computers, although they're wired, yeah. <laughs> not wireless. Um, <laughs> You know, and that network of energy is, is, I feel that the trees are here for us. I feel mm -hmm. that they are here, you know, the whole exchange with breath and air and carbon dioxide and oxygen. They are also here energetically to help clear us. And we help them too. So if you go stand barefoot on the roots of a tree and you put your hands on that tree, there is a sharing of energy back and forth. There is an energy exchange. And that is so powerful. Um, you know, people living in Brooklyn was so toxic to me after a long time living there. And I had to be around nature. And I was constantly touching and hugging and leaning up against trees, even if I looked weird sometimes. <laughs> because no, it has to be done. I needed that. Yeah, the cement and the and the boxiness of it was just too um too much for me i needed to be in nature um and i think we all do i think that we human beings crave nature because that's what we were that's how it was originally and what we were supposed to be living in well, if it ever stops raining here in Tipperary, um, I, you know, it's really one of my things to spend more time with the trees because, you know, trees will actually tell you their history. They will tell you, you know, the life that they've lived and the things that they've seen. You just need to spend time with them, you know, and that's something that we don't do enough because I think, you know, environmentalists have got this tree hugger kind of label on them. But like that's a different, you know, I'm talking about actually connecting with nature, which yeah. is the same as, as what you talk about. Um, and I think, you know, 
I don't know. I don't watch a lot of television, and I just I just feel that we we surrender so much of our time and energy to television. And I probably did that when I was younger, to be fair. But um, you know, take even if it's twenty minutes three times a week, and just go out. You know, if it's not raining, <laughs> if it is, you can talk to your plants indoors. But you know, just go out and feel what's going on around you because it's powerful. And you know, I do. I practice psychometry a lot. Okay. Now, um, for those listening, if you're not aware, psychometry is where you know you hold something and read the energy of it. And it's funny because recently I visited, you know, because my son's on summer holidays from school and I've been taking him around to visit a lot of places and whatnot. And, you know, going into places, just getting him to touch, you know, the walls of somewhere old or the furniture that's there that's old and just seeing what he can get out of it, you know, and what I can get out of it. It's it's fun. Do you ever do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, You know, I can pick up a crystal or a rock and feel the energy of it. I mean, I love crystals and I buy them and sometimes I buy them online. And so they go through, sometimes they have arrived to me and it feels like they've been through hell. And I will Reiki that crystal um, and I will sit it on selenite or sit it in a a bowl with a bunch of other happy crystals so that it can reacclimate. But yes, and I can, I love to, well, sometimes love to pick up old things and feel the energy of it sometimes it's not so great but yes i agree it's a yes, sometimes you would have sad energy but you know that's part of life sadness and loss are part of life and um can i ask you and i'm not asking you to give me a session or anything but just while i'm talking to you about chakras which chakra would hold on to anxiety or would there be a particular one where anxiety ptsd and all that would be stored it can be multiple, mm-hmm. but a lot of times it's root chakra because um, that is the chakra of safety, stability, um, and a lot of people hold it there. Um, in it's it's usually in the lower chakras because then you also have like um, in um, in Chinese medicine the kidneys are holding fear. So those are kind of in the second and third chakra area space. So a lot of that. And, and so if we think of solar plexus as the third chakra, which is, you know, covering kidneys and lungs. And we hold a lot of, you know, when we don't breathe deeply, when we're anxious, we very shallow, short breaths. So we hold that anxiety in there as well. So I would say, those two particular chakras but also could be all three lower chakras that where anxiety is held and felt although you know we think of somatic healing which um, a lot of people are using and and therapists in particular are using and ask you where are you feeling this Mm -hmm. so like i said it could be other places where some people their anxiety is all in their throat because limiting beliefs have told them they can't speak their truth yeah Um, so, but those usually, in, even if it is throat chakra, one of the lower chakras or all of the lower chakras may be affected as well. Of course. And I was just going to say that to you because I'd imagine, because with your communication being controlled by your throat chakra, of course, being honest with yourself that you're going through this and that you need help. So, you know, that even is so important for this process. So you're yes. right, I suppose, that, you know, that it all 
connects in together, doesn't it? Um, so I do want to um, take some time to talk about the Akashic Records with you, but just before we move on from the this topic of Reiki, is this something that you teach? Yes, I do teach it. Um, I have several, I don't remember the number, Reiki masters that have graduated and wow. are teaching classes themselves now, and I'm so proud because some of them have not. They didn't feel the confidence to do so. Um, but they are practicing on other people. Um, one of my students, she she's doing like a Costa Rica retreat to teach wow. Reiki, and I was so proud of her, yes. Um, so yes, I do teach. I teach in person. I teach online as well, which it can be done and had to go remote yeah. during the pause. Um, interestingly enough, I had, there are no accidents, and you already know that, but there are yes. no accidents Several years ago, I had a person find me on Reddit, and mm -hmm. she said, I am in rural Alabama, and there are no Reiki practitioners, but I had an experience, and I, I, I feel called to do this. And she wanted, we did a session first, because I wanted to make sure she liked my vibe before I became her teacher, um, and she did, and we did a remote training. And it was very a big no-no to a lot of people in the reiki world for a long time and but i did it and it worked and it did well and she described all these sensations and things that happened and then she was working like she was working on herself working on other people and then of course the great pause happened and i was like oh you prepared me for this That's um, and a lot of people were scrambling and didn't mm -hmm. know how to do that but i was like i do yeah <laughs> um, yeah so yes it can be done too like isn't that so funny it's like the universe knew you know that you you needed to be prepared for that i love that story yeah. and, and and has that lady graduated as a, a reiki master now she did not she did one and two she did not feel called to go further than that um but absolutely yeah. fine and that may happen in the future but you know as long as right. she's using what she got now and if somebody was interested in learning reiki from you is there any prerequisites like do they have to be a spiritual guru or do they have to be a medium or do they have to be psychic or you know do they have to because some people feel that you know these things are, are you know something that you carry from birth what do you say to that i feel that everyone everyone in the world can benefit from learning the, the parts of level one. Because as yeah. I said, healing is a lifelong journey and it is one more tool in your self-care pocket. Sure. And Reiki can be done on, on yourself or on anyone every day. So mm -hmm. I use it as a daily practice. Yes, there's a day here and there that I don't, but I use it daily and it helps keep me in alignment. And the more alignment I am, the more I'm going to be able to help other people. So yes, I believe every single person, no matter what your age, can can benefit from level one, even if you never do anything else. Hundred percent. And no prerequisites. Okay. No prerequisites. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to graduate from an Ivy League university or anything like that. Okay, so let's talk for a few minutes about the Akashic Records. Okay, so I have some background into what this is and I'm going to say because I'm not an expert and that's why I love speaking to people like yourself because you know I'm a psychic medium I'm not an expert in all other areas of everything 
So to me, the Akashic Records are like a filing cabinet somewhere that's kept on you in your life. Okay. Is that accurate? That is accurate for sure. I believe some people feel it's a library of books because that's okay. what they align with. <laughs> and I feel like it's more like, like a flash drive. And some of it is movies. Some of it is snapshots. But it's, yes, it is the records of everything that has happened to you in this lifetime, future potentials, as well as karma and past lifetimes and everything kind of, it's almost like your own family tree of okay. lifetimes. So should I look at the, because we were talking about trees a few minutes ago. So should I look at the Akashic records, almost like the rings in the trunk of a tree? You know, it can be looked at in that way. In fact, I have read that some people who have had near-death experiences where they crossed over mm -hmm. and they were able to look at their past lives and they, it was like a portal of looking in wow. their past lives, which was circular. And they looked at their future lives and said, I don't want that. Send me back. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the power of free will that we can change our future lives. And it's a ch everything's a choice. So tell me, if I were to go to you, okay, and say, I want my Akashic records read, okay, what would that tell me? Like, what benefit would it be? You know, would I only go to you if I was, you know, going through a relationship breakup or, you know, like, what's the benefit of it? Oh, gosh, there are so many benefits. Um, <laughs> I, I always put the two together because they are interwoven in, in, mm -hmm. in the way I work. Like you mentioned about being expert, having expertise. Yes. They fit together. I can, people have asked me, can you just do the Akashic Record reading? And it's, the answer is no, because there's so much that needs to be healed along the way with karma. And we can carry limiting beliefs and trauma from past lives. So the healing... Mm -hmm has to happen and I feel that is what I've been gifted so I can share it with other people who need that so I've had um, people come with trauma and we can go into the trauma trauma that has been blocked from their memory bank but there's the sensory memory that they know something happened and we can heal that in this lifetime mm -hmm. um, I have had clients who have a phobia you know, like, oh, I I'm have issues with small spaces and I have to go for an MRI and I can't do this. And someone said Reiki might help. Okay, yes. And we went into a past life and found out that she died in a mine collapse. Um, but we were able to heal that traumatic ending of life because it's like, you know, we have a lens in our... Um, in our memory of anxiety or trauma, right? The trigger happens. Mm -hmm. And when the trigger happens, we have this like little tunnel vision that's happening, but the picture got bigger and broader. And I was in that mind with this person and a beautiful white light angel was with her. And it, she was a he then in this mind and he mm -hmm. was praying and the angel was singing with him and, and then took him. But when we have a trauma of small space, it's just like, oh, my God, I'm going to die, right? Because we yeah. have that feeling, and it's this little lens. But when it opens up, and I told her all this stuff that I saw, and even though she didn't see it, 
the healing and the energy happened. And so she said, I don't know how or what you did, but I was in that MRI. I didn't need earbuds. I didn't need to take a break. I was fine. Yeah. Isn't um, like, I just love the way these things fit together, that it came from somewhere. It came from that fear. But once she knew she wasn't going into that space, you know, where death was a possibility, she she could take it. And maybe even learning what happened to her, you know, it, it just, I suppose, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but it it aligned with her, said, okay, well, you know, I'm carrying that fear, but it's irrational to this lifetime because I'm not working in a mine. You know, even that little bit would help somewhat. I know there's more to it, but I'm just rationalizing it from my small brain. <laughs> and that's the way that I rationalize it because I never understand it totally. And I think, you know, all of these things we probably never will understand totally. But, um, you know, even in my own experience, you know, what you carry from a past life can be so debilitating, you know, um, and we don't know what it is because we don't remember our past lives and we need someone like right. you to delve that out for us. Right. And then I, the other part of it, I just want to mention, because sure. during the great pause, and you probably experienced this too, there was a great awakening that so many people have been waking up to their intuition and their psychic mm -hmm. abilities. So a lot of people found me and said, I just want to know if I'm crazy or not yeah. Yeah. and helping them connect the dots and find out, no, you're not, you're connected. And me saying things that they saw or experienced, like maybe they saw their own past life or their spirit guide and I could describe it and that helped align. So there's so many benefits to working with the Akashic records. And, you know, just, you mentioned past life there. Would there be a difference, and I don't mean to put you on the spot now, but would there be a difference between going for past life regression or to have your Akashic records read? So there is a difference. Past life regression, you are being um, guided, whether you believe in hypnosis or just um, mm -hmm. like a guided meditation, to see your own past lives and re-experiencing it through your own eyes. So for someone with anxiety or has PTSD, that may be a lot to take on. Okay. And so the Akashic Records is having it explained to you, told to you. And I want to also say that if someone comes to me and has trauma, I do not tell them blow for blow, hey, this is the trauma that happened to you in this life. If it's been blocked in their memory, that's for a reason, and I honor that. Okay. Um, so, yeah, but also with the Reiki healing happening while delving into the Akashic records, that aspect also adds another element and layer to it. So yes, and I have, I have done not um, guided past life regressions aside from, oh, I have actually, but um, I have been to that. And it is a powerful tool as well. And there mm -hmm. is a level of healing. Usually past life regression, you're only going into one life at a time. Whereas a session with me, we may see three, four, five past lives because they're relevant to something you're going through now. Yeah. God, it's it's so complex when you think about it. But even just talking to you, my curiosity is peaked and I want to know. <laughs> I want to know what, you know, am I doing the right thing? You know, am I on the right path? Is this what, you know, what I was sent back here for? You know, is that is would that be one of the reasons why people would go? 
Yes, a rush. lot of people have come mm -hmm. to me for that. Like they're lost. And I literally yeah. had a client who was like, I don't know which job to choose. And yeah. she didn't tell me about the jobs. She did tell me the field she was in, but she was very vague. And some people, you know this, um, with psychic abilities, they want you to do the party trick, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't love it. I, I dislike it, but I usually am able to give them what they need anyway, because yeah. that's how energy and, you know, works. But yes, she, she told me she had this decision to make and I described one of the jobs perfectly out through the session and said, that's, that's the one you're going to love, but you have free will because the other one may be more tempting because of money, but the one that this one is, you know, and she, she wrote me back like a week or two later and was like, I, I took that job. Oh, <laughs> good, good for her. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I mean, money is one thing, but if you're going into a, a job that's crushing your soul every day, I mean, the repercussions of that, you know, um, it's terrible. Now I'm just thinking in my own head while you're talking and I'm, psychic and I'm a medium and all those things and they're things that you know I've been doing since I was a child I don't remember a time where I didn't read people or see spirit and is that the case with you know being able to read Akashic records is that something that you were just able to do when you were young I have to give you a little background before sure. I answer that question yeah. so um as you mentioned I have been writing books since I was eight years old it was the first ghost that I saw but felt uh -huh. energies and spirits around um and that was a good that ghost was the one of our cats our family cats who had passed and came to visit Aww. me um I have had glimpses of Akashic records throughout my life before I was attuned to Reiki but when I had my level one attunement to Reiki all doors opened so I could see ghosts, feel ghosts, spirits around, and sometimes very clearly see a face. But it was terrifying because I could not hear them. And I would literally say, because everybody would tell you, ask what they want. And yeah. it was like, I like to describe it as the spy kids, child, child robots. And they had that like, nyang, 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 before they got their, their <laughs> bionic brain. <laughs> um, that's how it sounded to me. It was like a frequency that wouldn't unjarbled right okay so it was so jarbled and then my first uh week of self reiki after attuning i heard the ghosts i heard them i saw them clearly i asked them what they want and they told me and i was like opened my eyes looked around the room okay i'm definitely awake and i'm here and my hands are on my heart doing this um close my eyes there they are talk to them again they're answering back and suddenly it was much less scary, um, but definitely opened the world of Akashic Records completely. And I just thought that was part of Reiki originally. And I had to oh. have my Reiki master tell me, oh, no, that's Akashic Records. <laughs> um, and she was a little yeah. worried about me. And she was like, are you doing this? Are you doing that? You know, and uh, I have access. You know, that yeah. was part of the gift. And when I say gift, I feel like many of our gifts, particularly intuitive, we have done in many past lifetimes. And so sure. that opening of the doors was just reconnecting me to the lifetimes where I worked with it before. 
Now, I would always use the word ability because, you know, what I do, it's just psychic and mediumship and I feel that anybody can do it. OK, but is that the case with the Akashic Records? OK, so we've said that, you know, people can learn the Reiki and, you know, they can do the psychic and the mediumship. I think everybody's psychic and the medium. But is that the case with the Akashic Records? I'm going to say yes and no. Okay. There are people that teach the Akashic Records. I am trying to work together something that I could do the same thing, but I also have to wait for my spirit guides to come forward mm -hmm. and give me that full information. Um, so there are people teaching it, but I also think that, in a sense, there are prerequisites to that, that you have some intuitive and spiritual growth that has to happen to connect on your own, unless it is a gift or something you used in a past life, and it's just about having some kind of click in place or open doors that mm -hmm. it will just come. But yes, it is an ability that can be learned, but it's also a process of connecting yeah. to your own intuition. Now, I would always say, from my perspective and my experience, um, and, you know, I'm asking you, I suppose, by, by, by saying this, but I always say to people, you know, do what you're drawn to. If you're drawn to learning psychic work, if you're drawn to doing a Reiki program, if you're drawn to sitting, sitting in a spirit circle, whatever you're drawn to, go with it. Because once you start opening up your energy, then other things will start to come in. You know, and, you know, Michelle is nodding her head and smiling and she's saying, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> because that's yeah. what you did, right? You, you did the Reiki and then all of a sudden, you know, now it wasn't that you couldn't read Akashic Records beforehand, but it just made it clearer. It was, and I wasn't reading them. I would catch okay. glimpses. So first I did yoga, which was the grounding part. And it was very yeah. like in, in my experience, my introduction to it was very physical. And so I was, I'm a Taurus and it was like, yes, this makes sense. Um, this is fitness and I'm also getting something energetic out of it. I didn't understand it, but that was my gateway into, but yes, I had psychic gifts before and I was connecting to ghosts, but I couldn't, um, I didn't realize I was connecting to Akashic Records. So I wasn't reading, but I remember mm -hmm. in my early twenties, I had a coworker who threw a psychic party, um, and she always threw psychic parties, but she told me about this psychic. Oh, she told me that I had a past life with my son and we were brother and sister and he watched me die. And I said, oh, that, that was you fell off the spiral staircase and he couldn't catch you. And she said, how did you know that? And I said, uh -huh. I don't know. <laughs> you just <laughs> but I know. Saw it. It. Yeah. And I yeah. described her with the blonde hair and she like her jaw dropped. And she's like, how did you know that? So yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know it was a special thing. Just how, or how to zoom in on it, you know, to, to make it for right. other people. Yeah. You know, that, that's the hardest part. And, you know, especially, I don't know if you're like me, but people make me nervous, you know, and sometimes someone's energy can be so overwhelming that I'm like, okay, I can't read you because I'm overwhelmed. I have too many energies in me at the moment. And it's not that you can't read them. It's just, you know, at a particular time. And people don't always understand that with us either. Sometimes we can be overwhelmed by the energy or the information that we're getting. And then we close ourselves down. So please go easy on your practitioners. <laughs> <laughs> We're only human. <laughs> yes. You know, 
I loved chatting with you and I feel like I'm so much clearer on both of these things. And, you know, I, I would love if you started teaching the Akashic Records because you seem to have such a good understanding and grasp of it, you know. But I'm going to put your um, website details. Now, you have two web websites and I've put them both there, michellerosekennedy.com and myreikihealer.com. So I'll put them both below. And I was looking at your website and you have so many um, guided meditations on there for different things. So I would encourage people to go to the website or to contact Michelle directly if you have any questions on any of these topics, you know, because even though you may be in Ireland or the UK or wherever you're listening from, you know, Michelle does this online around the world. Okay. So get in touch if you need anything. Is there anything else that you want to add before I let you get on with the rest of your day, Michelle? I mean, I will add, I have actually done classes with people around the world and work in their time zones um, yeah. because, you know, it is important and they find me and they like me and they're like, you're my teacher, which is how I felt about mine. So, yes. yeah, um, I love working with people all over the world and I feel that it just makes us so much more connected as human beings that we're not that far away specifically energetically yeah yeah 100% Michelle thank you so much for your time it's been an absolute pleasure and I hope that we reconnect again maybe at some stage in the future on life after life and to you the listeners thank you so much for listening and I will catch you in the next episode of life after life so until then take care and stay safe discussing everything about the afterlife and spirit